how it felt for the whole of heaven when Jesus came, when they had to let go of him, when when the Father had to let go of, when the angels had to let go of. The darling of heaven. And I was seeing the tears and the the darling of heaven came for me. Why don't you put your hand on your chest right now, one hand on your belly. Just bring that right down. Say this, I love you, Jesus. You are in me and I am in you and we are one. I love you, Holy Spirit. You are in me and I am in you and we are one. I love you, Father. You are in me. say this, I welcome the angels of heaven to assist the word of God this morning, that it may go into my heart. I open the ears of my heart. I open the eyes of my heart. I open my whole being to the word of God, to the now word of God. Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning this morning. Thank you to the team. Wow, aren't we blessed? I mean, you could go all over the world and you are not going to get worship like that. I mean, I was undone. I just thought, just let me lay on the ground and just cry and you can all go home and I'll just stay here with him. Amen. Uh, it's so beautiful. And I turned around and um, there's this beautiful little angel in the front row in her party dress, just loving Jesus. And she had tears in her eyes too. Like, how old is she? She had high heels on. She's three, four. And I just had to pick her up and hug her and she just hugged me. And we just had this beautiful moment where, you know, the two of us were loving Jesus and we were one entwined, you know what I mean? Like we were entwined in him and me and this little four-year-old girl in her party dress and her high heels were entwined together and it was like just the love going, ooh, I just didn't want to put it down, you know what I mean? I mean, it's better than hormone release, you know what I mean? Like it's a spirit release. You know, when I saw Jesus all those years ago, 43 years ago now, when he spoke to me, he didn't speak to me with words. He spoke and I could hear his spirit. It was like spirit to spirit. So this morning I'm praying that you would hear the words that I speak and that you would forget that Julie is in the room and that you would hear the spirit of God speaking to you spirit to spirit. I pray that you would not hear a sermon, but you would hear the very heart of God speaking into your heart, into your spirit. Because this morning he wants to be totally personal with each one of you. He doesn't want you to feel like you're in a room, in a crowd, or even if you're watching online. He doesn't want you to feel as if you are just a nobody out there. No one sees you, no one knows you. God help that young man, amen. God help that young man. That should never happen because there is a loving father who is never leaves us and never forsakes us, amen. And as Andrew said, we, we need to get a revelation of who we are on this earth and what is our purpose to do. And as Andrew said, We need to reach as many as we can before it's too late. There's work to do. But the work is being done within us and then it's being done through us. It's being done in us and it's being done through us because he is changing us, praise God, from glory to glory with ever-increasing glory into the very image of Jesus Christ. 
I pray that when people meet you on the street, in your workplace, at your school, at your university, wherever you may be, in the shopping centre, if you're a mum pushing kids around, that they would look at you and they would see Christ within you. Amen. I ran into the little old lady that I led to the Lord. Now it's six years ago now. No, four years ago now. She was 96 when I led her to the Lord near the zucchinis in Coles. And I ran into her the other day. She's now 100. She's still walking around by herself doing her own shopping. She's got a walking frame now. But she remembered me. And I told her, I said, don't forget that when I get to heaven, because you'll probably get there before me, that you'd be waiting for me. So many. She was 96 years old and did not know Jesus. Now she's 100 and she's not afraid to die anymore. Amen? Isn't he beautiful? Yeah, give the Lord a hand. So today I want to attempt to unlock a mystery inside of you. How many of you know that much of the Word of God and much of what we read is a mystery that needs to be unlocked? I mean, you just have to read the book of Revelations and go, what? (laughs) You know what I mean? Even the mystery of Christ, the mystery of this man that has died for us, who was 100% God, 100% man. The mystery of it all. The mystery of that we are his bride and he is the bridegroom and the church is, you know, his beloved. The mystery of that. It's just a mystery. So this morning, I want to unlock a mystery inside of you and the mystery I want to unlock inside each one of you, if God gives me the grace to do it, by his grace, is to unlock the greatness that is within each one of you. There is greatness inside us all. When you think about it, the great God who created the whole universe, the God who the scriptures say that Between his thumb and his little finger is the expanse of the universe, that he can hold it in his hand. That's how big he is. That's how amazingly huge he is. The great God who created the universe and everything in it folded himself up and came to live inside of us. He folded himself small enough that he could live inside each one of us. And the mystery is that he is unfolding himself. We have never seen a generation before where he is going to unfold himself within us to such an extent where he will literally possess his people. And he will reveal himself to mankind through us, the same way he revealed himself to mankind through his son. He will reveal himself to us. For Jesus said, greater work shall you do than I have done. Therefore, I go to be with the Father greater works. Amen. I read this this week on, um, on Instagram or Facebook or one of those. It's one of my heroes of the faith. His name is Paul Keith Davis and he has a ministry called White Dove Ministries. He's a little bit older than Phil and I and has been preaching the end time message and the preparation of the bride of Christ for the days that we're now living in probably his whole life, as Phil and I probably have as well. Been preaching this message now for 27 years, you know, in various degrees, depending on the season that we're in, but always with his heart to prepare God's people to walk in the seasons that we find ourselves in 
and be prepared for those seasons before they come, not get caught out. Amen. Because everything that we need for each season of the earth is within us. Amen. So he wrote this. The word, uh, the word of the Lord came to John the Baptist in the wilderness in Luke 3.2. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness to make way for something new. As Andrew said this morning, behold, there is something new on the horizon. John had been set apart and called aside by the Holy Spirit for a unique task that only the Lord could have prepared him for. And so it is with each one of you today. Amen. Formal church programs and religious structures will not make ready a people for what is coming. I want to say that again. Formal church programs and religious structures will not make ready a people for what is coming. The spiritually hungry are being called aside for something more. Like Jesus, we will discover the word of the Lord and become the voice of another. The voice of the Bible speaking on behalf of the bridegroom in that private place with the Lord. In that private place of the Lord. Say that again. The voice of the bride, that is us, speaking on behalf of the bridegroom, that is Jesus, in that private place with the Lord is where we get the download. May we learn to replace current day methodology with divine revelation and the enabling of the Spirit. What a great word. Thank you, Paul Keith Davis. You can join him on Facebook or Instagram. He puts posts up every day and it's really current. He's a current prophet who can keep you on track with what God is saying, amen. There's many in this room and even those that are listening online or will listen online that are sensing an urgency of the hour. Who's sensing that? Five people. Anybody else sensing an urgency of the hour? Because what has happened is, is that we've always been in war. The kingdom of God has always been a war in war against the kingdom of darkness, but we have stepped into literal war. There is a war happening across the earth in the natural and in the physical realm. You only need to see what is happening across the earth to do with the Jews to know that this is a spiritual war. When in Germany, when Germans are starting to paint the doors of Jews with, with, with the Jewish star again to say where they live, when in London, the Jews are fleeing back to Israel because they feel safer in Israel than they do in London, because the whole of London Bridge was filled with people proclaiming, kill the Jews, kill the Jews, kill the Jews. And see, these are God's people. We're in a holy war, amen? 300,000 Jews have flown back to Israel. 300,000 since the bombs went off on the 7th. 300,000 have flown back in to fight for their country. Men, women, young girls, putting on their, their armor, their, their outfits and saying, we're gonna stand for our nation. They're, we're at war. And, they, and, and so there's a spiritual war that's going on amidst that. And as I've talked about before, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, you can read that in the book of Revelation, that the new Jerusalem will come down out of heaven and will land where? 
on the Temple Mount. What is the war over? The war is over the throne of God. Right? So we're a part of the war. <laughs> right? Is that right? And so as the, as the New Jerusalem is coming down out of heaven, so the great cloud of witnesses that are in heaven. Now, when we talk about the great cloud of witnesses, we're talking about all the heroes of the faith that have gone before us. And I've seen it. I've seen the room where they stand in the spirit realm. There's this huge room. And in the middle of the room, there's this kind of hole almost where they stand and they look down and they intercede over the earth. Moses, Daniel, Joseph, Deborah, they're all there. And they're interceding what for? They're not just interceding anything. They're actually praying individually for people on the earth who would rise up in the same spirits that they had on the earth so that they would complete the work that they never got to complete that they would fulfill, that they would partner with the same spirit and fulfill and complete the work that is on the earth. Do you get that? That's why there's, there's a great man of God, Lou Engel, another prophet. As long as I've known him, he's done 24-hour prayer. He actually bought an apartment opposite the White House and he swore that he would pray for 24 hours until Rowan Wade came down which is the, the abortion laws, it came down. Now, we were part of, in the old days as well, in the old days, in the olden days, we were part of the call where he gathered a million young people to pray for the nations. Well, right now, he's calling a million Esters. He's saying that there's women right across this earth who have the spirit of Esther, and who are gonna stand in the gap for this slaughtering of this generation, this defiling of this generation, this, 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 this tainting of their identity, and the killing of young people. And he's calling a million of them to come together and pray. And I know Julie is very much connected with that. Now I'm gonna read a lot of scripture today but you know what? Something happens when we read the Word of God and we actually read it. When we actually read it with our spirit, something takes place. And I'm praying as I read these scriptures that there will be a transference of anointing today, that you would get something. And I'm going to read out of Hebrews 11. I'm gonna read it off the screen so I can see it properly. And I'm gonna read it. And listen, take this in because Hebrews 11 is an amazing chapter. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen, to prove what is still unseen. This testimony is, of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen going forward. Faith moved able to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain, and God declared him righteous because of the offering of faith. Just think of these people, as I read them out, of being in the great cloud of witnesses, looking for ones that are like them. Who is someone on the earth? Which one of you wants to bring a better offering, amen, to God by faith? Abel still speaks instruction to us today. There you go. Even though he is long dead, again, Faith translated Enoch from this life and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. 
For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. Where are the Enoch's right now on the earth? And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. We have to have faith to know that we are here for a purpose and a reason. Otherwise, it's impossible to please God. We have to step into who we are now, in this time, in this era. For we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real and that He rewards the faith of those who passionately seek Him. Amen. Faith opened Noah's heart. So Noah is up there. Amen. Praying for us. Where's the Noah's? Amen to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming and even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God. You know what? There's, there's, there, God is putting his, a call out. Who will step out in reverent obedience to me? Even though I'm asking you to do things that may make you look crazy, that people don't understand, you may lose friends, but who will step out in reverent obedience to God and build an ark that would save him and his family? How many people right now, how many families are building arcs of prayer around their families, are building arcs of safety, who are telling their children how to live in the day that they live with what they face at school and everything like that, you know what I mean? By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing again. Faith motivated Abraham, so Abraham is up there to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit. How many people are willing to leave the familiar to inherit the destiny that God has in store for you? Out of our comfort zones, out of the familiar, how many people are willing to do that? Amen? So, so he left with only a promise without even knowing ahead of time where he was going, Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land, as though he belonged to someone else. He journeyed through the land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. You see, you take your kids with you on the journey, and they will understand that they are co-heirs of the promise as well. They will not be taken off guard when they see things happening. They may feel like they live in a strange land because they are not of this world, amen, but they are not of this world. And they have to live like they're not of this world. His eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations whose architect and builder is God himself, amen. Sarah's faith, embrace God. Sarah is up there. Where are the Sarahs now? Where are the Sarahs now that are believing for multiplication, that believe what the angel has said? Amen. Even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing, for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise, and she tapped into his faithfulness. In fact, so many children were subsequently fathered by this aged man of faith, one who was as good as dead, that he now has offspring as innumerable as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. You know, we have no idea. We cannot, the Bible says we cannot even imagine what God has in store. We think it's scary to step out of faith. We think it's scary. We think it's uncomfortable to be something that God is calling us to be, to leave our old life behind, to leave our pain, to let Him deliver us, to heal us, to set us free, to work on everything inside of me, God, so I can move forward. And you think it's scary, but I'm telling you, you're stepping into the promised land of what he has for you. There is so much waiting for you on the other side of your obedience. So much. Amen. They all live their lives on earth. Is that right? Is that what I'm up to? These heroes all died still clinging to their faith. 
<laughs> not even receiving all that they had been promised to them, all that had been promised to them, but they saw beyond the horizon, look at this, the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They saw a generation that would arise in the last days and fulfill every promise. Amen? They all live their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. Do we live our lives really like we belong to another realm? Are we in the world really but not of it? Are we spiritual beings first and foremost? Am I a three-part being inside of me that is entwined with Father, Holy Spirit and Jesus? Do I live and move and, and have my being in Him 24 hours a day? Amen. And if their hearts were still remembering, as it, and if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. Next one. But they couldn't turn back from their heart for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, that is, the heavenly realm. So because of this, God is not ashamed in any way to be called their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city for them. Amen. Faith operated powerfully in Abraham, for when he was put to the test, he offered up Isaac. Even though he received God's promises of descendants, he was willing to offer up his only son. Think about that. For God had promised, through your son Isaac, your lineage will carry on your name. Abraham's faith made it logical to him that God could raise Isaac from the dead and symbolically, that's exactly what happened. That is faith, man. Just think about it for a minute. God says, put your child on an altar and sacrifice your child to me. And he had so much faith, even then, that God could raise his son from the dead. He hadn't seen Jesus and the miracles of Jesus. He hadn't known of such things. But there was a faith inside Abraham that God put in there. Just the same as you, there is a faith that God has put inside of you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you would live in this day and he put everything you need already in there. Right? We just need to make some withdrawals from the account. Hallelujah. Thank you. The power of faith prompted Isaac to impart a blessing to his son Jacob and Esau concerning their prophetic destinies. Listen, fathers and mothers, you need to be prophesying over your sons and daughters their prophetic destinies. Amen. Hallelujah. I prophesy over my children, my grandchildren and the grandchildren to come. I prophesied over them when they were in their mother's womb. When they were in my womb, I prophesied over my children. I prophesied over my grandchildren when they were in their mother's wombs. And we prophesied over them as they were birthed. We stood around and we prophesied over them as soon as they breathed air. Amen. And we spoke their destinies into being. Jacob worshipped in faith, faith's reality at the end of his life. And leaning upon his staff, he imparted a prophetic blessing upon each of Joseph's sons. You see how the promise just continues? It just continues generationally, amen? Someone has to start it. Someone in your generation has to draw a line in the sand and say, it begins, the blessing begins here, the cursing stops here. Sin stops here. And life starts here. Amen? Four generations of cursing stop with me. Ten generations of sexual sin stop with me. And a thousand generations of blessing will flow out of my life because I'm standing in the gap. Amen. Faith inspired Joseph and opened his eyes to see into the future. For he, as he was dying, he prophesied about the exodus of Israel and out of Egypt and gave instructions that his bones would be taken from Egypt with them. And let's just talk about all Joseph has done, for goodness sake. 
Faith prompted the parents of Moses at his birth to hide him for three months because they realized their child was exceptional and they refused to be afraid of the king's edict. You gotta hide your children right now. You gotta hide them. Amen? Hide them. Don't let them see. Don't let them what? Hide them under the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. Put the blood of Jesus Christ over your children, over your house every day. And hide your children under the shadow of his wings. Speak scriptures over your family, over your husband, over your wives, over your children. Faith enabled Moses to choose God's will for although he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to make that his identity. He refused to make that his identity. Doesn't matter how you have been raised, that is not your identity. Hallelujah. Choosing instead to suffer mistreatment with the people of God. Next one. Moses, and that was what, exactly what you said about money and He just walked away from all that. Moses preferred faith, certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. He found his true wealth in suffering abuse for being anointed more than in anything the world could offer him. For his eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate faith is great reward. Holding faith, promise, Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he persisted in faith as if he had seen God who is unseen. (laughs) How much faith do you have if you see a God who is unseen? If God speaks to you through a burning bush, if you have an encounter with God, amen. Just keep rolling it. Faith stirred Moses to perform the rite of Passover and sprinkle lamb's blood to prevent the destroyer from harming their firstborn. Faith opened the way for the Hebrews to cross the Red Sea as if on dry ground, but when the Egyptians tried to cross, they were swallowed up and drowned. Faith pulled down Jericho's walls and after the people marched, after the people marched around them for seven days. Imagine that, having the faith. God said, well, just go to Jericho and just walk around for seven days, and then shout, and the walls will come down. This is the kind of realm we're going to walk in, people. Amen. Faith provided a way of escape for Rahab, the prostitute, avoiding the destruction of the unbelievers because she received the Hebrew spies in peace. So many are going to come to salvation. Amen. And what more could I say to convince you? What more could I say to convince you? For there is not enough time to tell you of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson. How do you say that? Jephna, David, Samuel, and the prophets. The prophets. Amen. Through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established true justice. <laughs> their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality. Fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouth of lions, put out the power of the raging fire and caused many to escape certain death by the sword. Although weak, their faith imparted power to make them strong. (laughs) Faith sparked courage within them and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling um, armies from another realm into battle array. Leave that there. How often do we pull armies from another realm to help us in the battle? Yet it was common right through the Bible that the armies, the angel armies would be present to help. It was common even in the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts, angels were commonplace. And they say, don't talk to the angels, don't interact. Look, new age has stolen everything only from God. We need to get it back. Amen? We're so scared of touching stuff that's supernatural in case we get into new age. Well, new age needs to bow its knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we're taking back what's been stolen from us. And we need angels right now in our world. We need angels. We need angel cooperation. We need to cooperate both ways with angel armies into the battle that we're going into. Again, just next one. 
Faith-filled women saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. Wow. Yet it was faith that enabled others to endure great atrocities. They were stretched on the wheel and tortured and didn't deny their faith in order to be freed because they longed for a more honourable and glorious resurrection. Now we read this stuff. We don't really read it, right? Others were mocked and experienced the most severe beating with whips. They were in chains and in prison. Some of these faith champions were brutally killed by stoning, being sawn in two and slaughtered by the sword. These lived in faith as they went about wearing goat skins and sheep skins for clothing. They lost everything they possessed. They endured great afflictions and they were cruelly mistreated. Go on. They wandered the earth living in the desert wilderness, in caves and in barren mountains and in holes in the earth. Truly, the world was not even worthy of them, not realising who they were. These were the true heroes, commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised to them. Next one. But now God, look at this. But now God, everyone say, but now. But now. But now. But now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. Faith in its fullness. The unfolding of the fullness of God. So this is so that we could be brought to finished So I'll say that again. So this is so they could be brought to finish perfection alongside of us. Why is a great cloud of witnesses praying, urging us on, interceding for us, interacting with us, sending angels to be with us, working with us, encouraging us, crying out that we would stand up and awaken on the inside and fulfil what God has in store for us because they cannot come to perfection of their promise until we fulfil the last day's call on our lives. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go, I've gone through all those and all those and all those. I wrote in purple and so I can't read it. And so, because it's, it's purple up there, but it's purple down here as well. <laughs> and so it says in John 14, 12, most assuredly I say to you, and this is Jesus speaking, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to be with the Father. You know, we read the Bible. We read the Bible and we're inspired by the stories, right? I mean, some of us have been hearing the stories since we we're in Sunday school. I never got to go to Sunday school, but some of you did. And you heard the stories of David and Goliath and Daniel and, and the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and there was the fourth man in the fire. Yes, we're inspired by these stories. But these stories are not just there to inspire us. These stories are there so that we know how to live, that we know what to do. Amen? These stories are there that they, that they, they lead us and guide us and teach us how we should live in our generation. Amen? Hallelujah. The great cloud of witnesses right now are encouraging us to take up our mantles. You know when Elijah was about to go up, you know, he didn't die. He got taken up, right? Elijah. And Elisha is saying, I want to be there. I want to be there when you go. I want to be there when you go. And he's saying, you can, I, I want what you have. And he says, you can only have what I have if you see me go. And he sees Elijah be taken up, the chariots of fire taking Elijah up, and a mantle falls down. 
and comes over Elisha. And Elisha had a double portion anointing. I believe that is what is going to happen to many of us. And you know it in your spirit, what God is saying to you. Which Bible hero really stands out to you? Which are the ones that make you live on the inside? Because I believe that there are mantles falling out of heaven from the great cloud of witnesses, and they're falling on individuals right across the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. They're encouraging us up to take up our mantles and fulfill our God destinies in the time that we have been given. The word says that they, have not, they did not fulfill the promises that they had been given, but there would come a generation that would fulfill and finish the race. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have the indwelling Father. We have the indwelling Jesus. They didn't have these things. And yet they still did all those things that I read about just because of faith. If they can do those things just through faith in God, and yet we have the indwelling presence of God within us. We have the Holy Spirit as a gift within us. We have Jesus Christ himself living within us. We have the Trinity entwined in our very beings. How much more, no wonder Jesus said, greater things shall you do than I have even done, than any of these have done. Greater things shall you do. Amen? Because we have been empowered and equipped and prepared to live in the day that we live in. We will not shrink back. We will not be afraid. How can we shrink back when the God of the whole universe lives within me? Amen? If God is within me, who could be against me, possibly be against me? Men? If Jesus Christ who conquered hell and death and took the keys of hell and death lives within me, who would I possibly be afraid of? What demon, what satanic thing could possibly even even ruffle my feathers? Doesn't even come near. I love it. Smith Wigglesworth heard noise in his house in the middle of the night. You know, I mean, Satan is not omnipresent, right? So Satan can't be everywhere at all time. But he stepped out in his house and he looked down into his living room and Satan himself was standing in his living room. And Smith Wigglesworth said, oh, it's only you. And he went back to bed. This is how we got to live, people. No fear. Courage. I mean, everything that stops us being the fulfillment of what God has called us to be, we have to overcome it, get delivered from it, get healed for goodness sake. Amen? What went on in that young man's mind that Jesus could have healed? Don't let yourself walk around unhealed for goodness sake when everything has been given to you to bring you into fullness and to heal you from your past and every single thing that's been done to you, every single thing you've done, there is nothing that the blood of Jesus can't change and redeem. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 11.11. I keep saying, look around, look at, the, look at that. Look at that time thing. 11.11. I see those numbers everywhere I go. And it talks about the fulfillment of government, the fulfillment of all things, the greatest outpouring the earth has ever seen, 1111. As in a race, there is a baton passing, and at this moment in time, the batons are in midair waiting for those who will reach up and grab them and say, like Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. Andrew. Spot on. There's batons. This is why I was in prayer yesterday. I was in the presence of God all day yesterday, all day. And I just keep having visions. And I just kept writing the visions down. And I saw these batons in the heavenly realms that you would pass when you're running a marathon race. And they're just in the heavenly realms. And you could see the great cloud of witnesses going, who's going to take it? Who will reach up and grab it? Get up, you weak-willed people. 
You know what I mean? You can imagine it, can't you? They're not up there sucking, going, oh, you poor darlings. Look at the day you have to live in. No, they were beaten. They were tied and stretched and killed and sawn in two. They just say, get up, you silly people. Amen. <laughs> I think Deborah just embodied me just then. It's like, <laughs> rise up, Barak, you wimpy old man. It's time to go to war. You know, it's like, and, um, and he says to her, well, I'm not going to go to war unless a woman goes with me, unless you go with me. And she says, good. Then you will know that a woman has won this war. And who was it? It was Jael. She gets a temp peg and drives it through the guy's head. I just love it. I just love it. Come on. It's time to stop wimping out. Get a few temp pegs, for goodness sake. Amen. Prophesy a few things. How can you read the Bible and not know that these things are waiting for us? And what is it that's inside each one of us? What is it that's inside each one of us? It says in the scriptures that heaven, all of heaven, is standing on tippy toes. They're standing on tippy toes. See if I can balance. Standing on tippy toes. I can't balance. They're standing on tippy toes. And they're looking down. And they're waiting for us. They're waiting for us because we are the victorious ones. We are the ones that have been chosen to live in this day. We are the overcomers. Amen. The whole of heaven is standing on tippy toes waiting for us to pull our mountains down, to reach up and take that button. Hallelujah. But they're waiting for those who will walk through the door into the bridal chamber and put on the garments. That was the other thing I had a picture of yesterday. I just saw us walking through the door, which is Jesus, and then him clothing us. In, in the bridal chambers. The bridal chambers is the most intimate place. The bridal chambers, in the intimacy with him. As we walk through the door, we allow intimacy with Jesus. We just allow that space, that space where he can come, where he can fill us, where he can change our clothing, amen? I mean, you think of Esther, right? That spirit of Esther. And you know, she was an orphan, she could have lived like an orphan. She could have had an orphan mentality. Many of us, especially in the Church of Australia, have an orphan mentality. I don't fit here and I don't fit there. I'm like a pot plant. Don't plant me. I just need to be moved every so often because I'm an orphan. I don't really belong. I'm in a room full of people and I don't like, feel like I fit, right? Now, she could have kept her orphan spirit, but, but she went through the ceremony of the intimacy of being, being washed and bathed until oil, oil and perfume, until it is coming out of the pores of her skin. Do you know why? Because the food they used to eat as poor people used to make the, the smell come out of the pores of their skin. And you could smell a poor person because of the food they ate. It would come out of the pores of their skin. So they put her in this place. They soaked her with perfumes. They had it so that it would just come out of the pores of her skin. Then they, re, they dressed her in royalty and presented her to the king. That's who we are. We're being washed, cleansed. She didn't stand before the king as an orphan. She stood before the king as a queen. Amen, in full identity and was used to release a whole nation from oblivion, which was the Jews again, again. There is a taking off and there's a putting on. There's a taking off and there's a putting on. We need to smell like Jesus. The Bible says we have the fragrance of life or the fragrance of death. I want to smell like Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to be transformed to be presented to the king. Amen. He is delivering us. He's healing us. He's calling us into the chamber, into his bridal chamber of intimacy with him so he can clothe us. Amen. It is time to choose sides. Bible says, I place before you life and death. Choose. 
choose life. Amen? We're walking into days where we'll be tested by the fire. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we will find a fourth man in the fire with us. Amen? Or will we find a fourth man in the fire with us? Will we go through the fire of adversity and we're not prepared and we burn? Or do we go through the fire of adversity having been in prayer, having been in relationship with him and there's a fourth man in the fire and we don't even smell like the fire. They came out, they didn't even smell like fire. We're going to walk through these last days and we're not even going to smell like fire. Do you know that there was times, how many times did they try and kill Jesus before it was his time? And he would just walk through them like he was invisible. He would be translated. He'd be transported. He would walk through them. They're going to throw him off a cliff, big crowd around. Let's throw him off the cliff. And he just goes, not today, boys. Not today. Hallelujah. How is God going to do more for us? Greater things. We think about the greater things like, oh, yeah, we'll raise the dead and do miracles. We've been playing in that, that little school for a long time now. That's kindergarten, right? They're the elementary things. The Bible says elementary. We're walking now into greater things. Will we walk through a crowd and say, not today, boys? And be invisible. Will we be transported like, like Peter was 30 kilometers away? Was it Peter or Paul that spoke to the eunuch? Oh, I get that wrong every time, Katrina. You corrected me the other day. Philip. It was Philip who spoke to the eunuch, and then the next minute he was 30 kilometers away because he needed to be in another location quick, and there was no trains <laughs> and no buses. So God says, Well, just go there. Amen. Now is the time to choose sides. Now is the time to put on your armour and pick up your weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not of this world, but they are mighty for pulling down strongholds. Hallelujah. It's time to be not of this world. 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 Hallelujah. There are angelic hosts right now waiting, watching to accompany us to enter into this last day's explosion of glory upon the earth. This unveiling of his bride, his glorious bride, for the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. There's going to be an explosion of glory God is going to unfold himself inside of us and we are going to cover the earth. You think that the Hamas and these Palestinian, whatever they are, you know, protesters, they don't even know what they're protesting for. Someone needs to give them a brain scan. They don't even know what they're protesting for. They're just mob mentality. You think they're going to take the world over? You, don't, you think that God does not have a plan? You think that evil can just come and just wipe us out? Huh. I laugh with mockery. I think that's in a movie somewhere. <laughs> this is the unveiling of the bride. Where are the Jacobs? Where are the Moseses? Leading, shepherding the people through the wilderness in hard seasons. Where's the Mordecais who are preparing the orphans to step into their role as deliverers? Where are the Esthers standing before kings to bring justice and liberation, exposing deception and bringing truth through wisdom with strategies from heaven? Where are the Davids worshipping the Lord in the secret place, slaying the giants with a stone? It's amazing that he slayed Goliath with a stone and Jesus is the rock. Amen. Remember that. Where are the friends of the Davids, the Jonathans, who stand in relationships and defend and protect and walk with the Davids? Oh, God, bring some of those. Amen. Where are the Josephs willing to be prepared by the Lord through the hardships of life, to stand before kings, to be given wisdom, to prepare for an abundance in drought, for seven years of drought, an abundance 
in a time of abundance for seven years of drought and therefore deliver nations? Where are the Josephs that are going to interpret dreams and speak to kings and bring kings to their knees? Where are the Daniels that will bring kings to their knees? Amen? Hallelujah. Where are the Daniels who stand in the midst of a corrupt generation? who interpret dreams and give wisdom to kings and cause kings to fall on their face and declare that the God of Daniel is the one true and living God. Where are the Daniels? Where are the Annas and the Simeons who are interceding day and night until they see the promise fulfilled? Anna and Simeon were in the temple when Jesus arrived to be circumcised. And Simeon said, now I can lay my head down and rest because I have seen the promise. Where is the Annas that are are interceding? Where are the Hannas that are giving their children unto the service of the Lord? Amen. Where are the Elijahs preparing the way of the Lord and mentoring the Elishas to move in double portion anointing? And where are the Elishas who are opening the eyes of the servants so that they, they can see that there are more for us than are against us? Hallelujah. I tell you where they are. I'm going to tell you where they are. They're right inside of you. And it's time to arise. Amen? It's time to arise. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness covers the earth. The deep darkness is over the peoples of the earth. But, everyone say, but, the Lord will rise upon you and his glory shall be seen on you. Hallelujah. Let's just rise to our feet. <laughs> I feel like I'm giving birth. Hallelujah. Thank you, musicians. Jesus, we thank you this morning. Now look, actually, just sit down for a moment. I want to do one thing. And you don't, have to, you don't have to stand up if you don't want to. You want to stay private, that's your, that's your choice. But stand to your feet if you have had some form of deliverance or inner healing recently. Have a look around. Donna, you should be standing. Sonia, oh, you're there. Who's that there? Who am I looking at? Oh, it's a visitor. I'm so sorry. No, is it? Sorry, I haven't got glasses on. Hello? Sorry. Yeah, Sonia's at the back. These are people that in the last few months, since the beginning of this year even, have had deliverance and inner healing and it's transforming their lives and they are being prepared Tom, you've had Callum, you've had some. Fleur's had some. Jilly's had some. Andrew's had some. We've all been in this place where God is dealing with our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and listen, those of you who had to have healing and deliverance, put up your hand if you feel there's been a change. Put your hand down. Put up your hand if you feel like your identity is coming more into alignment. Put your hand down. Put up your hand if you feel like the call of God has been exposed in your life. John, you should have your hand up. John the evangelist. You know, we're so afraid. If I open myself up to God, what's he going to do to me? But don't you realize the one who made you is the one who fixes you? You don't shake in your boots when you take your car to the mechanic, right? I mean, I just got a BMW. I take it to the BMW specialist because he knows how BMWs work, right? And I say to the BMW specialist, I'm not worried about what you're going to do to my car because you're a BMW specialist. You know how this works. No, the one who made you knows how to fix you. And the one who made you knows your destiny. And the books have been opened in heaven. I saw the books opened in heaven. 
And I saw angels interceding over your books that you would fulfill everything that God has for you. Now let's all stand to our feet. Why don't you just lift your hands to God? Hallelujah, mama, mama, Put your hands on your belly and just say this out loud. There is greatness inside of me. Oh Lord God, unfold yourself. Possess me. Thank you, Jesus.